Hi, this is Jamin Fraser, and you're listening to The Insecurity Project, solving the insecurity problem at a global level. The show is a combination of interviews with experts, authors, speakers, and individuals who've gone on to do amazing things in their life by eradicating insecurity. You'll hear real-life coaching sessions from people who are overcoming insecurity in their life, and you'll hear 10-Minute Tuesday, which is a chance for me to deliver some high-quality personal development content to help you in your own journey. I hope you enjoy the program. Now on to today's show. Well, welcome, John. I'm speaking with John Drury. He's a business mentor and author of a fantastic book called Integrate. I've known John uh, for a number of years now, and we've kind of been in the coaching space together for a while and watched each other's journeys. Uh, and our paths have crossed again at the moment. And, yeah, it's really exciting to see some of the cool things that John is doing with uh, business owners and business teams and bring a really holistic approach to to life and work, um, you know, hence the title Integrate with his book. So welcome, John. Thanks so much for taking the time to have this conversation with us today. And, My uh, pleasure. Yeah, really, really appreciate it. Uh, it's, so, good. it's good watching your journey too. <laughs> it's exciting to be in this space together. It's a fun space to play in because, and it's a, yeah. quite a privileged space to play in because you're, you're dealing with people's lives and um, mm. things that really matter. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so obviously the, the title of the podcast is the Insecurity Project, and it's it's all about you know this exploration into the stories people live out of and the beliefs they have about themselves and. Uh, this exploration around the idea that underneath the the issues that we all face, be it in business, be it in family, be it in work, even in sport or in personal life, there's always these limiting beliefs that underlie this behaviour. And so an exploration around the stuff that works in terms of dealing with those things and and replacing those limiting beliefs with empowering ones. So really fascinated to hear some of the things that you've applied both in your own life and in your work and business mentoring role. So um, start with a, a question which is a really a really personal one, but something that I think is very interesting and, and fascinating to understand about your life is just just really exploring, you know, what your parents taught you about self-esteem and, uh, you know, whether, whether they modelled healthy self-esteem or whether they had much to say about your beliefs about yourself or whether that was something that wasn't really even spoken about but just kind of you had to make up your own way in that. So, yeah, do you, mm. do you want to tell us a bit about your upbringing and specifically, uh, you know, the role your parents played in forming your beliefs about yourself at, a, at an early age? Yeah, sure. I I, I always felt loved uh, yep. and um, knew that if I needed something, they were there for me, but they weren't really proactive in terms of developing, guiding, I learned to be very self-sufficient very early. Um, okay. Mum and dad were very busy. Dad was a Methodist minister and a fairly insecure man in his early years. He did better after after 50 than he did before 50. Um, yeah, right. And, and he'd grown up in the bush uh, on a farm and, you know, the only one in his family to go to high school and then to teachers college and then then into ministry so he he um didn't really didn't really believe in himself uh strongly 
And while he trusted me, probably more than he should have, as I got to teenage years and <laughs> and uh, in my uh, as, um, as I got uh, older, late teens, I was involved in a music. Uh, we had a group in the church, and um, I was playing guitar, and I was sort of a natural leader. Um, yeah. In terms of a facilitator of that. And he gave us opportunities and trusted us to do all sorts of things that probably we weren't ready for. But I think it wasn't actually because he was, it's because he didn't believe in himself. He was letting us have room because he, he thought that it might help him. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it's, wow. it's kind of okay. a weird. But he, so he didn't impart self belief into me. He more gave me opportunities, which I value and I'm very appreciative of. But yeah, I think right. also he didn't, he didn't know how to impart it because he didn't have it. So I, I was pretty shy, personally. I, I learned how to do the public space better than I did the private space, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, that I could does get up in front of people. Yeah, sure. I could, but when I you're could, on your own by yourself, that's when it was more difficult. Yeah, that's when I struggled. Or one-on-one, I was nervous as with girls. Um, <laughs> so I learned, yeah. I learned to function by doing. So I was very secure as long as I had a role. So oh, I could wow. I could be you know, playing sport and I knew what my role was and I was quite good at it. I was I was good at school. I was came kind of near the top of my class and and so when I was in a, those kind of places, um, I felt confident and secure. But but take me out of a role and put me with a group of people and I would not know what to do. And right through to my late teens, I can remember one time playing cricket and this pretty girl that I liked was was watching the game and I took three catches uh, while we were fielding and one of them was a screamer and when I came we came off the field and she was said wow wow you're that's fantastic uh, great catching I, and I, I stumbled on my words and I said oh, oh which one and, and it came across that I was really stuck up and proud of myself and she, yeah, right. she got the wrong idea and walked off <laughs> But I was just, I was nervous because I didn't know how to communicate um, yeah. off the field. Like on the field, I knew what to do. So I was really shaking my boots because I, I wanted to impress her but did the opposite. So I'm a bit complex, I think, in that regard. Wow. Um, I'll ask you some, some more questions about that, but I'm really fascinated about, you know, how you found a way to, to find confidence tied to a role. Um, mm. Do you think that that's a common way people go about finding confidence in the world today? Like they, they really tie identity with doing? I think so, yes. Uh, uh, in my work with people now, you, there, there's a, a lot of focus on doing and doing it well and getting uh, pride out of performance and feeling like well, I'm doing well if I'm performing well and getting results. Um, yeah. But often the, the underlying insecurities are feeding uh, fears, and so I see with business owners, they can't say no, and they end up pulled this yeah, way right. and that and responding all over the place because deep down they're insecure, and they can't stick to a plan, so you create a business plan with them, they can't stick to it because they can't say no to this person that might give them a lot of money for something that's not in their plan. Yeah, right. So insecurity is a real big problem for uh, that undermines success often. Yeah, well, and I mean, busyness is kind of very culturally acceptable today, but mm. um, very detrimental to health and relationships and productivity, as I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah. 
but it's kind of this underlying thing. Well, I I feel valuable and secure when I'm doing. So the more that I do, the more yes. secure I'd be. So typically validated by busy. It. Yeah, that's right. But then the moment they're not busy, they're like, mm. well, hang on, uh, who am I and what am I doing? And so that they kind of suck more busyness mm. back into their world. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I um, I have a oh, sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, no. You carry on. Well, I focus in my coaching with business owners on a whole of life approach, and it's it's okay. not not just not just on what they can do to be more successful, but on who they need to be, so that they so that what you know, who do you need to be to do what you need to do to have what you want to have. It's the be do have model, yeah. Yeah, and sure. I find that works brilliantly. And the part that they struggle with, and I always get tears even from men. Uh, yeah. They tear up at least when we're talking about who they are and their identity issues and what are their strengths yeah. and what are their weaknesses and their self-acceptance and what are their values and are they sticking to them, uh, living a life that they're happy with. Do they really respect themselves or not? Um, it cuts to the core and it's really critical to building strong, secure foundations. And I know I've had to do that uh, in the last 10 years in particular. I didn't do it. I had issues there that I've worked on, and now I can help others. It's it's very powerful. Yeah, well, and that's one of the things I really respect about you is that you do smoke what you're selling. So, um, you know, <laughs> the work that you do, well, you do, it kind of comes out of the overflow of your own personal development journey, which is, is very valuable and very rare. Um, lots of people out there giving advice that they're not really taking themselves. So um, I'm really fascinated if we, you know, go back to this story about your development, I'm really really fascinated about um you know first of all have there been times in your life where insecurity has really limited you where they're kind of as you've grown and developed as a person that's been the stuff that's held you back um and then the process of of how you kind of overcame that and worked through that so yeah can we can we explore that a bit um you know first by looking at where where it probably limited you growing up well in lots of ways in my relationships like with I mentioned before with uh, with my relationship with, with girls um, yeah um, in my any kind of interaction I, I I don't I didn't do intimacy very well um, so yeah, I'm right. good when I'm functioning I'm great at functioning I'm good if I've got the role clear but opening up about my my feelings my my fears my my struggles my dreams uh, that kind of heart level was communication is what I call it. When I did get married, um, we did not do that well. I, both, neither of us were good at this. There was insecurities there. And it became, uh, from what I understand and doing a lot of research and my own, my own experience, so I've been married twice now. My first marriage lasted 29 years, but we had a lot of tension and, and problems because we, we would, we would um, end up, stirring each other's insecurities quite often yeah, and then right. getting getting into a negative spin um, yeah. whereas because I, I was working hard I didn't know how to say no to people I had a need to be needed yeah, uh, right. all based in insecurities fear of not being liked um, so I'd work extra hard to be liked and get home pooped and tired and, and then my wife yeah. would resent me rightly so because um, <laughs> I'd spent myself out there Coming home, I didn't have much left to give, and she would, instead of being understanding or generous, she would take that as a, I don't care about you, I don't love you, 
And so she would just get mad, and that would make me yeah. more me worse <laughs> so we didn't go into a negative spin i said what are you what are you mad about now i'm tired i'm, fixed. I'm trying to do a job I'm, I'm doing the best i know how she said yeah but it's a trouble it's all out there it's nothing here and so i try to put in here and it never felt good enough so again because i don't i don't really think i knew how to love her and do intimacy very well and i was scared to death of it um oh, yeah. so so I, I I needed your help about 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, so, so what happened? Like, how did you do the work? Do the inner work around facing this stuff? Like, tell, can you tell us some of that story? Yeah. Well, I I ended up in a big mess and had to face myself. So right. I was uh, in a big 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 role. Had Forty staff, a big organisation I was running, community organisation, uh, serving thousands of people here and overseas regularly, doing stuff in in other nations. Um, and I was functioning very well, but on the inside, less and less connected to me, uh, not not knowing how to look after me, struggling with a marriage that was not really feeding me. I was alone. I felt alone in the marriage, and so did my wife, as it turned out. But we didn't know how to connect. So, uh, did you have kids as well? Are there kids on the scene? Yeah, three, three beautiful daughters. And I think that's. I think we did the parenting thing fairly well. Um, okay. I, don't, I think it was probably hit more my wife's credit than mine. But um, my daughters yeah, are, sure. are great women. They're, they're all married now and with kids, and they're, mm. they're doing well. But yeah, um, right. the marriage didn't end well, and I I, I had an affair. I, I got. Mm. I kind of. Somebody showed me some affection and some attention, and I stupidly played with it. I sort of played with the fire that came and enjoyed the attention and the flattery of it, and because the, 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 I wasn't getting much positive attention. Um, and so had an affair, and that blew everything out of the water, and and couldn't go anywhere. So the affair ended, ended and the marriage ended, and my role ended because it was, it was important that I had a, it, it wasn't going to play well as, as, as having an affair in the organisation. So I um, I ended, ended up 12 months absolutely shattered, uh, living on my own, uh, working a menial job because I didn't have any emotional energy and wondering how on earth I got there. Yeah. Um, and this is 10 years ago. So somewhere through that year, I began to do some exercise. I, I thought, well, I was a bit over, bit over, I wasn't grossly overweight, but I was probably 10 kilos yeah. overweight and unfit. And I thought, well, I want to do something. And I started there. I just went to an exercise class three days a week after work, and um, that began to get me physically fit. And I discovered the link between physical fitness and emotional health and yeah. found the incredible benefit, like, the benefit I I didn't. I couldn't believe how much I felt better. It just started to lift me. Uh, getting fit after three weeks of pain because my muscles were sore, and then, and then I um, really focused in on my nutrition. I had didn't have much money, uh, so I got out feeling very guilty. So I left my wife eighty percent of everything we had, and I, I just got out with zero, no debt, but no no money. So I was fifty two years old and starting again. And so I 
focused on health and nutrition, uh, started to pick up in my attitude and my sense of self, began to think future rather than just woe is me. And yeah. <laughs> and so that affected my, my attitude at work, picked up and they began to see, okay, this guy's got all kinds of capacity. Uh, they offered me a job managing the place. And I thought, okay, I was ready to take it on. And also at the same time, I started to reach out and I was doing a coaching institute course in life coaching. Um, and they also had executive coaching uh, uh, part to that course, uh, like a diploma in coaching and business. So I, I wanted, I thought I could probably coach, do business coaching. So I'd run an organization. I knew how to lead people. Um, so I, I thought that's that was where I started to go in terms of direction but the course was fantastic for my own development it really helped me work on some things and realize where i put some limitations on my beliefs uh insecurities i had not faced down and was afraid of facing down i just didn't know what to do so i did nothing um and and that became a personal development course really uh yeah i ended up with so and then i I, I also went to a psychologist and, and had, I don't know, 11, 15, 11, 12 sessions with a psychologist just trying to work through how, how I got here and what I need to do to deal with me. And yeah. so that was over a period of four months or so. And that was very, very, very helpful just to talk it out with somebody who could ask good questions um, yeah. and do a little bit of mindfulness kind of getting in the moment breaking free of some stuff so the combination of all that plus my faith in god that and and being in a new yeah. i found a new church environment that that um was able to support me and just just hold me like it, they didn't do a lot but they they accepted me which is very important because uh, i felt very shameful and very guilty and yeah sure so some of that was able to be lifted off over that period. So it took about a year uh, yeah. to the point where business, my business life was going very, very well. I was growing the business um, and after about 20 months there, I'd grown it so much they got a bit frightened. Uh, the owners did. They said, well, hang on, we don't want you to grow this anymore because it meant all kinds of changes had to happen to their business model and they weren't willing to do that and they didn't really want to invest more money in their business. So I thought, well, probably I'm done. So we parted ways and I started coaching. Yeah, right. Now and I, I was ready. Really... I was ready emotionally. <laughs> and then... Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, have you come across the term the curse of knowledge in any of the coaching stuff that you've done? What did you say? Which knowledge? The, the curse of knowledge. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I was listening to Tim Ferriss interview uh, Richard Branson the other day. I don't know whether yeah. you've heard that podcast. No. Um, it's really, really fascinating. But um, <laughs> it was such a funny moment towards the end where Tim says to Richard, okay, Richard, if you were just, you know, we're at the end of the interview, if you're going to leave our listeners with just a, you know, a pearl of wisdom, if you, could, if you could tell them one thing that would really help them in their business and their life, you know, just to, to go to the next level and reach their potential, what, what would you say? And he says, um, well, to be honest, Tim, I, I think it's about cutting out alcohol. I think that's um, it's just a very important thing to do. And if you remove alcohol, I've removed alcohol from my life, and it's just given me so much more. And it's like, oh, okay, fantastic. Thanks, 
thanks very much, Richard. That's a game changer. We'll take that to the bank. You know, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just, and that's the genius of, of Tim Ferriss because he actually... I think he, he um, you know, breaks down what a person actually does that they might not even know themselves that's useful. You know, Richard's so yeah. far removed from what it's like to be a normal person actually having a crack for the first time that he gets yeah. some esoteric thing. So, so I really want to unpack you know, some of the things that really made the difference for you. And it, 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 it's, you know, it's 10 years ago for you, so it might even be hard to go back that far and remember exactly what it was like to go from this place of, you know, real neediness and insecurity and, and feeling lost to, to actually finding yourself in that process. Um, yeah. Because I think that's, that's the stuff that, um, you know, because everyone is on this journey. I think it's the most important and significant work we do as human beings mm. is this process of kind of finding who we really are is separate yes. from our role, separate from our relationships, yes. separate from our possessions and this place of, of security so that then we can operate out of that. Um, yes. So uh, I'm wondering if there's any anything in there that, um, you know, really sticks out to you as the work of changing those beliefs about yourself, I suppose, you, could, you know, because obviously exercise is important and, and nutrition was important and um, thinking future focus was important. You know, was there yeah. anything else in there that really helped you shift those limiting beliefs about yourself it, and, and to actually be okay with who you were? Yeah, I, I, th- I think to summarise, if you're wanting something that's uh, over, because there's lots of little steps, but to summarise, it's just turning up. Turning <laughs> I, up. Wow. I, I just I kept taking steps, and if I knew everything I knew now, back then I probably would have been daunted and not done anything. So sure. I I think the exercise thing was surprisingly a powerful step for me. It just really sure. it was a stress release. It got me enjoying my own body again, um, feeling feeling stronger again, all of those just within very much in my own body and then the emotional health that came with it, the endorphins and all that, but also I, I, I'd never really run much except when I was a kid at doing sports carnivals, but but I yeah. um, I, I, I could go on a 10K run and, and just loved it. And yeah, right. it, was, it was like feeling alive in my body. I don't think I'd done that since I was 17. Yeah, um, right. So feeling good about being me, feeling good in my own skin, despite yeah. what had happened, and while I, sh- I was shaking off guilt and, and accepting yeah. God's forgiveness, and it was harder to forgive me than, than accepting God's forgiveness, and yeah, feeling the shame. Yep. <laughs> and then and meeting meeting up with people, and I, like my daughters, it, I've only reconnected with uh, my daughters in the last year. Like nine, I had nine years, yeah, and my really? kids wouldn't talk to me. Wow. So, can, can I just press pause about the shame piece? Because it's something that really fascinates me. And, um, you know, one of the, the thoughts around what shame is, is that, you know, if you knew who I really was and what I'd done, yes. you wouldn't like me. Um, yes. So then it seems the way out of shame is to actually sit with your own self mm. and face your own darkness and observe yes. why you did what you did. And yes, to that's what I did with the psychologist. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And then to go, do you know what? I, I actually do know what I did. And, yes. and while I don't justify it, I still like me. 
it doesn't change yeah. that I'm still a good person. So therefore, it's okay. You you can know me too. And you can know what I've done. And I suppose. You're, yeah. you're like just in this conversation, you've been incredibly vulnerable already and shared some, some real lows and some, some pain. But to do that in a way to go, yeah, but that doesn't change the fact that I'm I'm me and I'm still a good person. It doesn't diminish. Yeah, who I, I am. I'm. I I don't know how good I am, but I I I know I'm broken. I know there's areas of my life where I'm very vulnerable. I'm weak, mm. um, and I know that. And I used to sort of pretend I wasn't and think, well, I've dealt yeah, with sure. that. I can, I can do anything. And it's not true. I think we're all broken in some ways or another. And to come to yeah, a place sure. of accepting that and going, well, okay, well, if I, I know if I go down that route in my thinking or in my actions, it's, not, it's going to lead to bad stuff. So mm. I've got to put a guard there. And the best guard is not me. The best guard is me being vulnerable with a few mates that, that will yeah, right. to account okay. and ask me, so I was, I was my own boss and, and basically had no one to speak into my life, but that knew me well enough to know what was really going on. So yeah, nowadays sure. I've got, I've got three or four people who know me pretty well, um, who, and who ask me how I'm going and can kind of read me enough to go, what else is happening? What's really going on? <laughs> no, well, that's amazing. So, so having that I community need that. of, yeah, yeah, wow, okay, that's really. Cool. I really need that, and I think men need that. Um, I don't. Yeah. I think we're built for that, and it just shouldn't rely on your, just your partner or, for that. Because yeah. there's some aspects, some aspects of life you need friends to hold you. Um, yeah. So that that's it's really pretty, important. Pretty, but, I was just going to say, there's probably a lot of men who don't have that, who who have very superficial yeah. level of friendships with with people in their world, and no one really knows what's going on beneath the surface. And and shame stops you from that because you think if people, if yeah, this yeah. is stuff people people don't want to know this stuff, and if they do, they would reject yeah. me. And that's probably how I felt, um, even when I was running a large organisation. Some of my peers would relate at a certain level, but I wouldn't share this like my. My yeah, inner sure. angst with them. I wouldn't share that my marriage was really struggling with them because yeah. I, I didn't know if that was okay and I didn't know what to do about it. And it just, but, um, yeah, sure. Whereas n- now I I don't carry secrets. I, I I I had secrets going on when I was having an affair and and it just yeah. ate me up. And it when you're carrying secrets, it eats you on the inside and yeah, it makes sure. life hellish. So I, I stay pretty open and vulnerable. So if someone asks me, I'd, you know, obviously I don't sprout it out to everybody, but if yeah. someone asks me what's going on or how are you or what, what have you been through, to the level I feel comfortable, I'm willing to share. I don't, yeah. don't okay. lie or, or I might say, listen, I, I don't feel real comfortable to share with you. I'd love to get to know you better and then maybe we can open up about those things. Yeah, right. Well, okay. Um, just want to double back to something you said about, you know, you said if you wanted me to summarise, it's about showing up. Um, mm. Have you come across the work of Nathaniel Brandon, the psychology of self-esteem? I don't think so. Um, it's, it's, uh, he's written a book with that title, um, and some of my team, when I was in a, a business partnership, Fraser Homes Coaching, some of my team summarised that book and made it into a really useful framework. Uh, but, okay. but he basically says that, you know, um, when life happens, you've got two options. You can run away from life or you can face up or, or yeah. show up, as you said. And, and interestingly, when you run away, you 
don't get away scot-free. You take shame, guilt and anxiety. And, yes. and in the process, you teach yourself you don't have what it takes to deal with life and you need to keep running. Yeah, um, totally undermines yeah. your sense of self and leads to very poor self-esteem and causing you to feel bad about yourself. Um, so, yeah, so the process totally of good, healthy self-esteem is like what you said, just show up, just face life. Life is mm. going to throw a whole bunch of things your way and you're going to feel like you can't do it and the things you haven't done before. But if you just show up, if you just stand, and mm. you'll get through it. And yes. and by getting through it, you build strength and you give yourself peace and you teach yourself you have what it takes to deal with life because you got through that last thing which you didn't think you were going to do and it kind of builds you and and ultimately yes. enlarges you as a person and, and inevitably builds a healthy sense of self. So that's really interesting yes. that you would summarize what you did as just, I just showed up. I just was willing to be honest and real and yep. start. And, 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 and then I do things yeah. regularly that scared me to death um, or made me want wow. to vomit. Okay. Um, <laughs> really? So I, I just made a decision, like starting to work with a business and saying, okay, yes, I can help you. I hoped I could, and I had some skills, but I wasn't sure I yep. could because one, you're just starting out. So I felt like I was back in kindergarten uh, with yeah, life, right. <laughs> and then with business. But I, I have, and then gradually you're drawing on what you do know and become confident and and learn yeah. that you can help people. And it's yeah, it all becomes so, success reference points to draw on yeah, for the next so, one. Mm. Yeah. And so turning up, I didn't know how to reconnect with my daughters. So I gradually have worked on that over the nine years. And, and yeah. one, one at a time, they've all started to open up to me. And, and now there's some great relationship happening with them and my grandchildren. Um, but, yeah, but for a period, for a long period there, I just had to hold the tension of saying, okay, this is a, I have to park that. It's, it's, if I focus on it, it's screwing me up on the inside because it's, like I don't have connection to my own flesh and blood, um, yeah. and they don't want me in their world right now. They're angry. They're upset. They don't know how to process the dad they knew to the to what happened. Um, and yeah, I right. I had to let it go and say, okay, well, if I never reconnect with them, am I going to waste my life waiting, or am I going to get on with my life? Yeah, sure. And and so I made the decision to park that, and that's where. Faith helps with so praying, praying yeah. into it regularly, but but saying okay, I'm not going to let that stop me from making my mark and 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 doing doing being fruitful in my life and finishing my life well. I, I want I want the next however long I've got. I have a sense of 30 years from now. I'm 62. I, I've got vision for the next 30 years at least. I want to make an impact on as many people as I can and, and help people be resilient like I've learned how to be resilient and how to build self-respect or regain self-respect and how to, yeah, well. that, that sense of self that you're talking about, that's, I call it self-respect more than self-esteem, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. It's just some, some useful stuff. Um, so are there, are there practices or rituals or, or disciplines that you use regularly? I mean, you, you have shared some about remaining accountable mm. and, and showing up. Is there anything else that you use as regular practices to maintain this sense of self-respect, as you call it, or this healthy, yep. empowered view of who you are? Uh, a, few, a few thoughts. Um, I focus mostly on what I do for people, on the value I add. Um, okay. I, I know I can help people grow 
their business and take control of their life so they can build a great lifestyle. Uh, I don't think about me or focus on my performance. So when, when I turn up to help people, I'm not insecure anymore. I'm very focused on helping them. I know I can. So I ask questions, get feedback about my services. So I'm, I'm on a, I know I'm on a self-improvement journey. I, I, I want progress rather than perfection, and I've learned that's okay. And uh, some people aren't going to be drawn to me. Some some won't be a good fit, so I'm okay with that. Um, so I've learned to focus on just adding value, and that's that's that works really well for me. Also, I've I've got a pretty good grip on my mind to make sure my inner thoughts are my best supporter rather than my worst critic. Because yeah, I think right. that's where I used to undo myself. I ruminate over things and worry what people thought so when i stuff up I, I seek to be curious rather than negative about myself wow yeah so i've and learned to learn to catch that that inner critic and and basically turn it into a, a helper rather than a <laughs> hindrance and that's taken yeah, right. a while <laughs> Amazing. Just, just tell us what you mean by being curious what what does that look like <clears throat> Well, rather than beating myself up saying, well, that didn't work or I disappointed somebody or somebody didn't get the result that they wanted when I was working with them. So, okay, yeah. okay, that's, there's issues here and maybe I've contributed, maybe I haven't done my best work, maybe I'm, maybe I'm part of the problem, but let's, yeah. let's look at it. So I try and do it with them if they're willing, but sometimes yeah, sure. they're pissed off and they want to, <laughs> they don't want to talk. So I'll, yeah. I'll then try and talk with somebody. That's why I think as a coach, I always have a coach. So yeah. I, I have someone I can bounce things off and, and, and talk about and debrief to see what I can learn from the negative experiences or, or when things don't go the way I hoped they would. So, so to, to take that curious attitude rather than immediately assuming, oh, stuffed up, I'm hopeless, I'm useless, and going down that route, which is just self-defeating. And yeah. I think learning how to arrest that negative spiral and, and catch it and be curious and build a build, you can actually learn and grow. Like, um, yeah, failure is part of growth rather than the beginning of a problem. That's yeah, I've trained my mind to think that way. Uh, yeah. uh, and then, like when a sale falls through, I'm, I'm you know, I've got to sell sell to people in my business. I'm marketing all the time. So when the sale falls through or a client decides to stop working with me, maybe when I know there's more we could do, I used to take it personally. Uh, yep. But mostly now I can just let it go because it's really a numbers game. I'm not I'm not a great fit for everyone. So I trust there's plenty of other ideal clients out there for me. And over eight years now, there are. So my business has kept growing every year. So the time and experience and turning up helps. And then, as I mentioned, my faith helps and my mentors help. My, I'm married again. My wife is also running a business and we've got a really good relationship where we can talk things through. There's no negative. We don't feed each other's insecurities. We actually build each other's strengths. Uh, so it's a very positive relationship. Um, yeah, well, so you probably get to see the best of each other rather than the worst of each other. Yeah, or if, if one of us at our worst, we're good at standing by and helping them get through it rather than rather yeah, than making right. it worse. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. So it, for a second, married, you know, 
a third of first marriages fail and two thirds of second marriages fail. So apparently yeah. we're fairly rare, but we've managed to build something quite quite powerful. And friends, I, I also regularly invite feedback. So I've, uh, I think it's a mark of security. So tell me how I went. Like Definitely. if I've done a, yeah. I've done a session with somebody or with a group, I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'd love to have your feedback. Is it what have you enjoyed? What have you found challenging? What could I've done better? And take that on board and listen to it. Uh, I find if I invite that, people are a bit shocked sometimes, but they, they that's helped me. To yeah, build right. my security. Uh, definitely the mark of security. Yeah, to be able to do that in the yeah. first place. Well done. Yeah. Uh, um, now, obviously, you've written a book, and it covers all these things that you've shared. Uh, are there other authors on the subject who you've found particularly useful over the years who've yeah, uh, contributed to your own journey? Yeah, yep. um, some of this is mindset stuff. And there's a book by Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K, it's called, just called Mindset. And she, yeah. she talks about this developing a curious, a curious growth mindset to everything in your world rather than a fixed mindset that doesn't cope with change or failure. Um, it's a very good book and it's an easy read. She's an academic, but it's it's a, it's a really easy read and very relevant to anybody in the 21st century. And then yeah, John Maxwell's got a John Maxwell's got a book called Failing Forward, which yep. deals with this topic. So sort of failure is a necessary part of growth. Babies don't stop stop trying to walk after a few flops. Uh, neither should we. You know, we we expect the baby to fall over a few times while they're learning to walk, but but if we start something new we've never done and make a mistake, we we, we kick ourselves. It's, it's just crazy. Yeah. And then another book that's been very, very useful, especially about the attitude, is Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art. I don't know yeah, if you've right. uh, read oh, that. A lot of people have mentioned that recently and it's on my list, but I don't have it yet. I haven't <laughs> read it. So, so it's a great little book. To, to get a, yeah. It, it, it really challenges you to push through the inertia and the inner hindrances that that, that, that we have, where we kind of say, oh, it's too hard, I don't want to do that. I, you know, it's, yes. So it, it, it just really, he nails you. He, he nails you. He, he lays you bare. Uh, <laughs> all your excuses are gone after yeah. you read this book. So don't read it if you oh, want yeah. to keep your excuses. Because <laughs> he's saying, come on, you've got to make your contribution to the world. The world needs your contribution. Yeah. Uh, it's like yeah. Seth Godin. Seth Godin does the same in tribes. He yeah. says, we've, "We've got the internet. We've got, all got a voice now, but so few people are using it well." That's if you want to be a leader, there's never been a better time because you can build a voice, you can build a community, and build a tribe, and do something yeah. awesome there's in the world. No, there's no barrier to entry. Yeah, and then the world's gonna. Like, when you die, mostly people, the regrets on their deathbed are what they didn't do rather than things they did. So I don't want to so have true. too many things that I didn't do that I thought about because I was insecure or I was scared. Or... Yeah, so true. And, and tell us about your book. My book's called Integrate. Uh, the subtitle is Why Work-Life Balance is a Myth and What You Really Need to Build or Create a Fulfilling Lifestyle. It's available on Kindle through Amazon or it's available in bookstores in Australia. Um, yeah. So it, it, it basically helps people think about how they're going to integrate their work with the rest of what's precious in their life. And it's really written for high achievers, for 
business owners and corporate executives who want to be successful, who don't have any problem getting up and going to work, but do have yep. a problem putting it all together with their life. So, yeah, so sure. So they succeeded in business, but their relationship mm. is suffering or their health's no good. Or... Yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. So and the, the book lays out a rationale for why and then how to do this. Yeah, sure. And you said that self-respect is the word that you use, and I'm, I'm assuming you really focus on yes. that topic yep. in the book. How does that flow into this idea of integrating everything? Well, if you respect yourself, to me it all starts there. Um, if you're going to lead yeah. yourself well, you, you've got to respect yourself. You've got to be able to keep appointments with yourself. Um, or you might have an appointment to spend some time thinking or planning or you're not responding to the urgent you're doing the important things that really count and so what are the important things that really count for your life and it can't be just yeah. work because you want relationships that are meaningful you want a healthy body and mind you you want your parents to be well looked after into their old age you want your kids to grow up and have every opportunity that that they can and not not to wonder at 19 who on earth their father is so yeah so you yeah. you've got to put it all together and so if you respect yourself, you're going to say, I'm, I'm willing to take responsibility for my world and not just my work. Because often what drives us to work hard and make a mark there is insecurity because we're trying to impress yeah. our father or our boss or ourselves or somebody or trying to get a million dollars in the bank and then when we get there, we think, oh, that's not actually not that important. Once you learn to make money, it's easy to make money. Uh, it's yeah. a skill. And, and some people spend their whole life worrying about all of that rather than the things that actually make life meaningful. So it starts to me with self-respect and, and looking out. When you respect yourself enough, know your strengths, can accept your weaknesses, you know your values and you live by them and you know what you want and most people don't. So you've worked hard on yourself to know what you want, put a strategy in place to go and get it. Then then you, you, you respect yourself enough to actually look after yourself and put self-care strategies in place. And then learn how to manage yourself according to your personality, according to your strengths, and guarding your weaknesses so it all works and it's sustainable. Then you can build a great life. You, you, yeah. you, you focus across your whole life and have goals across your whole life. It's, it's actually not that hard, but it's got to start somewhere with you taking responsibility for making it work and not say, not copping out because I'm busy and the, the boss wants this or there's too many things on or you know yeah. It's amazing. Some people, have, everyone has the same time frames in 24 hours a day. But some people do the main things and build a great life. Other people respond to everybody else and end up going around in circles or hitting limits. Yeah, and, that's, and that's so true. Um, one of the distinctions that I make in, in terms of the coaching stuff that I do is that it's not complicated, but it's not easy. So I, I would yes. say it still is hard. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Because if it was easy, you know, it wouldn't have as much value and everyone would do it. Yes. Um, it's available to each of us and it isn't complicated, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not easy. So I think that aligns yes. with what you're saying. It probably is simple and hard, um, but there is a clear framework. There is a, there is a way to yep. map this stuff out well and to focus on the main things and to build self-respect. And um, mm. so, yeah, so your book's really going to help people to do that and to think through everything that they've got to focus yep. on to do that. So a great yeah, contribution to the space. It's why we need a personal trainer or a personal coach. Because um, yeah. 
I know when I go, when I exercise, if I, when I have a personal trainer in my life and I'm paying to inflict pain on me, I do far <laughs> more work than if I turn up on my own. I'll, I'll do, I'll probably do 50% or maybe even 100% more with a trainer than I would on my own, even though I know how to do it and I know what to do. I don't do it. It's the same in life or in business. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yep, having key people in your world who can provide that impetus and that wisdom and ask the right questions and hold the right space is, is crucial. Yep. Um, okay, fantastic. So where can people find you? Yeah, where, where do you hang out most in terms of social <laughs> media or where, where's the best for people to go look you up? Well, uh, John Drury, D-R-U-R-Y, johndrury.biz, B-I-Z, is my website. Okay. Um, so from there, there's email and and phone numbers are on the website. And uh, look up John Drury on Facebook or LinkedIn on on there. And uh, fairly active doing stuff. Um, I I work with clients all over Australia, based in Sydney. But mm. I just just began working with on somebody got connected to me from Paris and I'm just starting to work with a lady who's building a business in Paris at the moment. So it's well, amazing you what you can do <laughs> just sitting in your in your office. That's uh, amazing, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, fantastic. I really appreciate your time and that's, that's been a very valuable conversation. Um, thanks for being very vulnerable and real with everyone and you, uh, you just, you give people a great gift by doing that, by... Um, bearing your soul so i really appreciate that and i'm sure people find that very valuable so thanks again john this has been the insecurity project you can find out more information about this podcast uh, on my website jamonfraser.com and i look forward to speaking to you again